0: Mecca Abuka's leadership is going to be needed to help Ohio State's young receivers such as Jeremiah Smith and Cardell Tate. You are Locked On Buckeyes, your daily podcast on the Ohio State Buckeyes. Part of the Locked
1: On Podcast Network, your team every day.
0: This year is going by oh so fast. It's hard to believe we're almost to the end of January and it's Really hard to believe that Ohio State's young receivers are as talented as they are. Welcome in, Buckeye fans, to a Tuesday edition of Locked on Buckeye's here on Tuesday, January 30th in the year 2024. I'm your host, Jay Stevens, also the host of the Jay Stevens podcast. And today's episode is brought to you by our friends at FanDuel. Make every moment more. New customers join today and you'll get $200 in bonus bets. If your first bet of $5 or more wins, visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to get started. Ohio State has been very fortunate to get a lot of young receivers in South Florida and just young receivers all over the country. Brian Hartline consistently recruits this position like his life depends on it. I mean, you look at the way that he goes out there and brings in top guys and brings in guys off for every year, four guys in one class, three guys in another. But it's very much like somebody who is in a contract year in the NBA, similar to how we compared Ryan Day and how the offseason is going for him so far. But when it comes to the young receivers at Ohio State, Ameka Abuka's name comes to my mind. No, he is not young, but he is experienced, and his experience and leadership is going to be needed in the fall to help the young receivers that will get playing time. Because think about what we have right now at Ohio State. Outside of Abuka, ain't nobody really got a lot of playing time. Harrison Jr. off to the NFL, Julian Fleming off to Penn State. You don't have the guys out there on the team that have got a lot of clock, that have got a lot of playing time. So I am not one that's going to shy away from making statements such as I expect Carnot Tate and Brandon Innocent, maybe even Jeremiah Smith to play. Now, Smith is really talented, but it's very rare that a true freshman receiver or true freshman in any position gets on the field consistently, and stays out there. Now, some of y'all know, y'all thinking right now, hey AJ. what about Denzel Burke? Why was Denzel Burke thrust onto the starting lineup week one against Minnesota in 2021? Because of an injury to seven banks. But also, Denzel Burke proved really quickly he was too good to take off the field. Now, is Jeremiah Smith going to do that in the fall? I'm not going to say yes. I'm not going to say no. I don't know exactly how his transition to the next level will be. But I do know this. Abuka's experience and leadership can help this young man in the transition period between playing at the high school level to playing high-major college football, and it doesn't get any better than playing at the Ohio State University. Think about Ohio State's. Stats this year by receptions of my re- receivers Marvin Harrison Jr., 67 receptions. Cade Stover, 41 receptions. Ameka Abuka, 41 receptions. The next person closest to 41 receptions on the season last year was Julian Fleming with 26. Now, Cardinal Tate had 18. G Scott Jr. had 10. Trivette Henderson contributed with 19. Stover's a tight end. Fleming is gone. Harrison Jr. is gone. The production you got mainly by your guys that are receivers and tight ends, they're not here anymore. In comes why Abuka's leadership is going to be needed. He is the only guy that has done really anything at Ohio State, but also he's been through different periods. He's played with different quarterbacks, got a couple years with Stroud, got one year with McCord, and another year with Will Howard. He's going to have a new offensive coordinator this year in Bill O'Brien, a new play caller as well in Bill O'Brien. But also what you're having is a guy that knows how to work with different quarterbacks. We hear all the time, and the statement is true, and the thought is true. If you're in the NFL or in college, and in every single year you're having a new OC, or every couple of years you're having a new OC, but then all of a sudden, let's say in five years' span, you got three different offensive coordinators. What does that do? It makes things very difficult for you in regards to how well you know the offense, how well you know the terminology in the offense, how well you know the quarterback and how the quarterback is going to run said offense, how you may know the tendencies of the offensive coordinator and how he may change things and alter things based on the situations in the game. It's so hard. And if you're a young receiver, let's just take Cardinal Tate for instance, Cardinal Tate and Jeremiah Smith. One guy is going to be in his second year in Columbus. One guy is going to be in his first year in Columbus. It's a different animal, buddy. Way different animal. So much different than just spring practice. So much different than playing, than mop-up duty. So much different than being the fourth or fifth receiver on the team at that particular time. If you go from being five to two or four to three, what does that do? One, it means more playing time, but it also leads to more responsibility. Which is why I do think Emeka Buka in maybe even a verbal way, or just in his actions, or maybe a mixture of the two, which is where I lean more so. I'm not saying Buka needs to be a guy that's getting in everybody's faces and saying, hey man, you didn't do this right, you got to get it together, this is Ohio State, this is the way we do the things. No, you can be a leader that talks to guys in a calm nature, and a guy that ends up doing things that maybe not might not be on the field during practice, but in one-on-one outside of practice saying, hey, look, I know you struggled. Here's how we get this. I know you thought you had that block, but that guy's too talented. Here's how you get him the next time. Oh, I know that route is something you did all the time in high school because I saw it on the film. Hold on. That's not going to work here. Here's what's going to work. And, and the verbal leadership is not the one that's, In the middle of the huddle. Yes, that's what gets a lot of the attention. You may see it on the socials and things like that. No, man. There are a lot of leaders out there that aren't that kind of guy that don't do things in the huddle, that don't do things in the middle of practice. But they're more, hey, I'm going to talk to you, buddy. I, I, I we, We're going to need you to do some big things in the fall. We're going to need you if our team wants to accomplish our goals this season. We're going to need you to play maybe outside of yourself at times or consistently for us to do amazing things just based on the lack of experience in this room. I didn't think that during today's show and at the first two shows of this week, we would talk about young and inexperienced quarterbacks, young and inexperienced wide receivers. Now, by the numbers, there's more experience at the receiver position uh, than the quarterback room uh, at Ohio State. Quarterback room, Devin Brown, primarily a guy that was running the ball last year. Lincoln Keenholds got three cords of consistent, significant play, but That really wasn't too hot, didn't really do anything amazing to wow anybody for him to be named QB1 at the end of that Cotton Bowl. That's not his fault. It's just, man, it's hard out here to be a guy thrown into the spotlight and to just be asked to succeed. Buddy, it is hard. It's going to be hard for Cardinal Tate. Brandon Innes, uh, maybe Jeremiah Smith, maybe Jaden Ballett gets out there, or Kojo Antwi, or any of the other receivers at Ohio State that haven't really got a lot of PT during their Buckeyes career. What do you need? Somebody to step up. Someone to lead, not just by the way they do things, lead by example, but also to verbally kind of lead there as well, maybe in one-on-one or a group setting, and maybe right there during practice to lead and say, look, This ain't how we do things. Or you can lead also and say, hey, that's it. That's a Buckeye receiver. Do that over and over and over. Now, I mentioned Jeremiah Smith and even Cardinal Tate and Brandon Ennis. We're going to dive into more about their roles in the Buckeyes offense in the fall coming at you next here on Locked on Buckeyes. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. Happy Super Bowl to all who celebrate from FanDuel, America's number one sports book. If you're like me, Super Bowl Sunday is all about scoring the best seat on the couch, grabbing your favorite football snacks, and placing some super bets. FanDuel has so many ways for you to end the season with a W, or two, or maybe even three. Not only can you bet on who will win Super Bowl 58, but FanDuel also has bets for which players will score a touchdown how many points will be scored, and so much more. New customers join today, and you'll get $200 in bonus bets if your first bet of $5 or more wins. Just visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to sign up. Once again, that's FanDuel.com slash L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports book partner of the NFL. Locked On has launched the first-ever National Sports 24-7 streaming channel on the YouTube. Locked On Sports today is here for you 24-7, covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of Locked On Plus, our national shows covering every league. Go to Locked On Sports today on the YouTube and subscribe to the first-ever National Sports 24-7 streaming channel found only at the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. No, I don't really do a lot of, at least in this offseason so far, predicting of the depth charts in one show where we're going to say, hey, quarterback, here's your one, two, three. Running back, here's your one, two, three. No, that'd be easy, and I don't really know if that's the best way and best use of your time. However, we can describe how a player might be utilizing the fall, and you may hear a depth chart prediction at the same time. When it comes to Jeremiah Smith, Cardinal Tate, and Brandon Ennis, I do think they are three of the most talented receivers at Ohio State. But the one question I have about these three guys is how does Brian Hartline view their youth compared to the guys that have been in the room longer, but have not really done a lot on the field when they're out there playing the football in the Scarlet and Gray. That's a question that I don't, Truly have the answer to. And I wish I did have all the answers, but I'm not here to be a talking head or an analyst that will come out here and tell you, I know the answer to this, I know the answer to that. I, I'm not that kind of guy. And I think that's one thing that makes me uh unique is that I have no problem honestly telling you, hey, I don't know exactly how Brian Hartline is going to view these guys this season. We know previously, true freshman ain't really getting out there. Now Carnot Tate did this year. More so than Brandon Ennis, uh, really jumped the gun and got more got got over. Uh, what's his face? Jaden Ballard, excuse me. Ballard didn't mean to forget your name; it just slipped my mind for a hot second. Which even at times it was, I was thinking, "There's no way he's going to play this much." There's absolutely no way. But Cardinal Tay got the praise of the receivers at Ohio State, got the praise of its coaches at Ohio State, got the praise of his peers as well. So it's not just what he did. On the Saturdays, we watched him play. It's also what he's doing Monday through Sunday, where everybody is saying, hey, look, this young man, he got something different in him. Some say he got that dog in him. He needs to get on the field. Now, Jeremiah Smith is one that I do think at times might fit the role, a similar role, as far as playing time goes, that Cardinal Tate got this season. On the year, Cardinal Tate had 18 catches, 264 receiving yards, 14.7 yards per reception, and one touchdown. Do I think Jeremiah Smith could possibly have a similar stat line in the fall? Absolutely. I don't really think that there's uh, – I'm going to be up here trying to say that Will Howard's going to throw for 4,000 passing yards. No, I could easily see him throwing for 3,000 or 3,100, similar to what Kyle McCord did this year. I could easily see that which I do think with Harrison Jr. gone, yes, Abuka's going to get more of the targets, more of the love, more of everything there. But also what is also going to happen is Will Howard's going to have to form chemistry with everybody, not just Anek Abuka or maybe Jalen uh, ba- Ballard or I can't for- remember. I don't know why I'm forgetting his name so much today or Kojo Antwi. I don't, I don't, there are some things I don't know but I do think Jeremiah, Jeremiah Smith's role is going to be to play this year. I, I do think that. Uh, special teams, absolutely. What What's one thing we all remember about Chris Olave, young in his Buckeye career? A, an amazing play that he made against Michigan as a true freshman on special teams. What is one thing that you know about guys in the NFL that might be NFL journeymen that don't really get to see them play receiver a lot, but what do they do? They find ways to make their mark on special teams. What do they say about a guy that might be a fringe roster guy at the next level, but he wants to play and he has a, a He has this a, the tenacity and the energy that they need at a guy on special teams. And What do they do? He plays on special teams. He keeps his roster spot, and maybe injuries are injuries happening. He gets on the field on offensive defense, or maybe he just gets better. Maybe he just gets so much better that he has to get on the field, on offense or defense, and not just on special teams. And I do think Jeremiah Smith is going to wow people in practice and impress people and really show that his work ethic and his, uh, his skill set is one that Ryan Day needs to have on the field. But I just don't know if Ryan Day is going to be the guy to trust a true freshman to start. It is not just Ryan Day. I don't know if Bill O'Brien – Bill O'Brien might be more – uh, lean towards that than Ryan Day. But I don't think Brian Hardline is going to be too keen on that either. Maybe Brian Hartline's the guy that pushes the other two coaches over the edge and simply says, look, he's too good to keep on the sideline. I understand your thought process. I understand why you want to make this move. However, He's too good to keep on the sideline. So we as a collective group of coaches need to find a way to get him out there. And I think there's going to be a conversation week two, week three, week four, week five, excuse me, game period, not week, game period, where all of a sudden people are saying, oh, my gosh, oh, that boy, he's that good? Absolutely. And so good when you say that he needs to play. We're seeing him out there on the field, and people are realizing he is that good. He can play. Now, this is also one of those time periods where it's a benefit to Jeremiah Smith and Carnot Tate and Brendan Ennis, all three of them, that there aren't many older guys that have got a lot more playing time than them. There aren't. When you think about the other receivers that, I'm just going to go off sheer raw stats. Xavier Johnson had 13 catches this year. Dallin Hayden had one. Evan Pryor had one. Let's keep going to see who else I didn't mention earlier. Johnny Thurman had two. Patrick Gerd had one. Joe Royer had one. Nothing for Ballard. Nothing for the older guys. <clears throat> you had Abuka Harrison Jr., Xavier Johnson, Julian Fleming, and Tate had more receptions than Xavier Johnson did. And it was clear Xavier Johnson played more than Cardinal Tate snap-wise in this, in this season. So the role for Jeremiah Smith, like I said, he, he you, gotta, you gotta figure out a way to get him to play. But also the question I asked earlier is gonna be a similar, one asked at the end of this segment. How do Brian Hartline, Brian Day, and Bill O'Brien view the youth of these players? Will that be a reason why they decide to not play these talented receivers? Or do they throw that out and say, look, they're too good to keep on the sideline. They're too good to do the. They're too good. They're too talented to have them just sit out here, not be utilized, and maybe even play. Have older players that aren't as good play before them. They're too good. We're trying to win and trying to win all the games. It's beat Michigan, win the Big Ten Conference Championship, win the Natty. Those are the goals. And if you think as a coaching staff. These three guys give us the best opportunity to accomplish all three of our goals. Play them. It's that simple. I don't really care what the thought process is right now. If you get up there in the season and you realize these three guys give us the best opportunity to accomplish all of our goals, play them. It's that simple. You think it's not that simple? I disagree with you. It's that simple. Play the players that give you and your team the best opportunity to accomplish all of your goals. And I'm not saying a goal where it's a win five games or win nine games or simply just be ball, ball eligible. That's not how Ohio State gets down. And the Buckeyes will never get down like that. Here's how they get down one goal, beat Michigan. Two goal, win the conference. Three goal, win the Natty. And I think all three of these guys. When on the field will give Ohio State a realistic opportunity to accomplish all of those goals. You know what you got to do to do that? Play them. It's that simple. Put these guys on the field and watch what happens. Coming up next, we had a crossover with Locked on College Football. I was recently on there with Spencer McLaughlin talking about Ohio State, Ryan Day, Will Howard, and others. We're gonna play that entire segment coming up next here on Locked on Buck Guys. This episode is brought to you by our friends at Jace Medical. I know we come to sports to escape from some of the crazy realities of real life, but can we talk for just a minute about preparing for real life? According to the FDA, pharmacies are running out of antibiotics like amoxicillin right in the middle of the worst flu season in over a decade. I can't imagine a more helpless feeling than if someone I love got sick with a supply chain issue kept them from the life-saving medication they needed. Thankfully, we'll be okay because of Jace Medical. The Jace case is a pack of five different antibiotics to treat a long list of bacterial illnesses, including UTIs, respiratory infections, skin infections, among others. This stuff could happen to any of us. Visit jacemedical.com and complete your physician encounter. It will be reviewed by a board-certified physician, and your medications will be dispensed by a licensed pharmacy at a fraction of the cost. It's never been more important to be prepared than today. Go to jacemedical.com and use code LOCKEDON. Once again, go to jacemedical.com and use offer code LOCKEDON to get $20 off your order. This episode is also brought to you by our friends at Billiard's Plus. Billiards Plus has the best selection of pool tables, game tables, shuffleboard tables, and more, and the best service in Central Ohio. And guys, check this out: Billiards Plus has more cues than anyone in Ohio. They can fix your billiards woes in their shop that is on site. They are truly the class of their field. Everything you need for in-home and backyard entertainment is at Billiards Plus. Billiards Plus carries the best pool tables from Brunswick, Ohio, and Canada. Billiards and more. And the grills, whether you like charcoal like yours truly or gas or wood fired, Billiards Plus has the best, has the perfect setup for all grillers. They are family owned and operated. And when you talk to the staff at Billiards Plus, you know you're talking to an expert who won't steer you wrong. No matter the season, Billiards Plus has you covered for all your indoor and outdoor entertainment needs. Kenny, Sarah, and the whole staff will always go above and beyond to give you the best customer service in the industry. Billiards Plus, visit their showroom on Dublin Center Drive in Dublin.
1: There has not been a better opportunity for Ryan Day to win the national championship than right now at the very least win the Big Ten, but the national championship field is in striking distance as well for Ryan Day and the Buckeyes. I'm joined by Jay Stevens of Locked On Ohio State Buckeyes here on Locked On College Football. I look at all of these factors, Jay. Ohio State's offseason, how good of a team they were this past year, all the returners, Michigan's poised to step back. You got a number of things adding up. Am I crazy for thinking this is the best chance Ryan Day-led Ohio State will have to win at least the Big Ten, if not the national championship?
0: If you erase 2019, I would say yes. 2019's team for Ohio State was still the best. We have a complete season to say this. We don't know what 2024 is going to be for Ohio State, but 2019 was clearly the best team he's had so far and clearly the team that you thought of all of them so far – Win a national championship 2024. However, you get a experienced quarterback in Will Howard. You have a defense that's returning almost all of their draft eligible guys. Still, Chambers goes on to the NFL. Um, Michael Hall Jr. goes off to the NFL. You lose Josh Proctor, who's up its eligibility is complete, but Langton Ransom's still there. Troy Malowowow still there. Sawyer's still there. Tyreek Williams is still there. You're losing a lot of guys where it's like, are you keeping a lot of guys where you're thinking these are like day one? Day two draft picks that are staying in Columbus can't forget Denzel Burke. So this this team like right now with Michigan and the expanded Big Ten, which I do think will make Ohio State better for the expanded playoff. This is a time for Ryan Day at this point in his career. You gotta win the Big Ten. You gotta win and beat your rival to give yourself a shot to win the Natty at the end of the year
1: there's defensive continuity on this staff for Ryan day, but offensively there's a new face in the room and that's Bill O'Brien coming from the NFL. And look, I, I don't know that everyone was crazy about Bill O'Brien coming to town. I'm not one of those people he's experienced. He is proven. He brings a pedigree to him. He is reportedly from what I've heard going to call the offensive plays, which came as a little bit of a surprise. But again, this guy's track record is an oc you go look at what he did during his time at Alabama. The The, the numbers are pretty undeniable there. Jay.
0: They're undeniable, and I'm really somewhat glad that Ryan Day is at this point in his career. Something that after last season I was calling for, numerous people were saying Ryan Day should not call plays. Not because he's not good at it. I think he's a phenomenal play caller. I just think he needs to be more of an overseer over the entire program. It'll give him a better chance to manage the roster, which is one of the toughest jobs for a college football coach at this point in the college football um, history. I do think Bill O'Brien his track record going back to the Houston Texans and even the uh at Penn State he has done a phenomenal job of getting a lot out of quarterbacks and sometimes the best years of those quarterbacks throughout their entire time playing college football you go back to I think it was Matt McGloin and I think it was Christian Hackenberg and going back a little bit you also get guys in Houston Texans that weren't great quarterbacks, but Bill O'Brien got a lot out of them when they were down there playing football. You got Bryce Young and others. He's done a phenomenal job coaching up quarterbacks, and Ryan Day wasn't pleased enough with Kyle McCord this year to give him and say, hey, you are going to be the guy that we're going to rely on in the upcoming season to be QB1. said, hey, we're going to go to the portal to get somebody. We would love to keep you here to compete. It, bring in Bill O'Brien. Going to get a lot out of Will Howard, we do believe, and calling plays the Ohio State playbook, not the Bill O'Brien playbook. I do think that's a great way for the Buckeyes offense to be consistent, not just in the passing game, but also running the ball as well.
1: Ohio State has had a great offseason, not just with the returning players, but the guys they've added via the transfer portal. Will Howard, the transfer quarterback from Kansas State who won a Big 12 championship a couple of years ago. I don't think he's had... A situation there with with the Wildcats where he can maximize his full potential I think he's someone who has a little bit more if you look at his numbers they're not that impressive his best season passing the ball is 61 percent through the air that's not that great I think he can hit another gear, not necessarily Heisman gear, but I think he's got another level. You give him Ohio State's run game, which now is Quinshawn Judkins and Travion Henderson. You got Caleb Downs coming back or coming into the room with a bunch of loaded guys on defense. Of those three impact transfers, Will Howard, Quinshawn Judkins, the running back, Caleb Downs, the safety from Alabama, who excites you the most?
0: Oh, Caleb Downs, bro, that's an easy one. That's a no brainer.
1: He's over the quarterback. Good. Over the quarterback, you like Caleb Downs?
0: Yeah. Yeah, you've seen Will Howard's film. It's not like he's a future Heisman frontrunner or even in the conversation, the top 10 going into the season, easily Caleb Downs. And I say that knowing a defensive player at safety is not going to be in the Heisman conversation, which that's not something that I'm looking for when it comes to these three. My second one would be Quinshawn Judkins because he's just a dog. He is just a dude. I, I am high, somewhat, I'm okay with Will Howard. Like he satisfies and checks a box, but if you can get Qu- uh Quinshawn Judkins, to be a one-two puncher, Travian Henderson, who has battled injuries throughout his career at Ohio State, that helps the Buckeyes running game, getting the experience that Judkins brings to Columbus. But then Caleb Downs, you're losing Josh Proctor, who played six years, got his best year at Ohio State in his final year in Columbus, but all of a sudden, you're bringing in a guy in Downs that lets Ransom be a guy that could just do what the Ransom does, and you can trust Downs to be a phenomenal piece and do a little bit of everything in the Buckeye secondary, that's great. But Downs also brings an element in the return game that Ohio State desperately needs. So, Will Howard's a great replacement for Kyle McCord. I don't know if he's that much better or a greater quarterback than McCord. I do think, though, Judkins, phenomenal upgrade in the running back room. And Caleb Downs, I mean... Talk about guys that could be future day one picks in the NFL draft? That's what Caleb Downs is.
1: So do you you think that looking at Will Howard, and and I, I really like him because I feel like he can be elevated by what Ohio State has. Do you still feel with this Ohio State team with expectations sky high, and I think they should be, and Ohio State fans probably feel they should be, and I think a lot of national folks feel that way as well. Is Will Howard performing at a level above Kyle McCord the biggest obstacle to the Buckeyes reaching their goals next year?
0: If Bill O'Brien and Ryan Day come together and say, we're comfortable doing the read option and letting the quarterback run the ball, yes. But if the thing is you're still using a quarterback in, in a traditional um, dropback pass or set and you're not letting him run the ball, I don't really think Will Howard's that big of an upgrade. Will Howard has an element with his legs that he can utilize his legs at 6'5", 240. But as I said recently somebody want to somebody on a show, Justin Fields is a freak of nature. He's an athletic freak, and Ryan they didn't allow him to use his legs and didn't really call a lot of the run plays that Justin Fields would have excelled at. C.J. Stroud, not super athletic like Justin Fields, but could still move around a little bit, didn't really have Stroud do that either. All of a sudden, you get Devin Brown, and I don't know why he use a kiddie package in short yardage with a quarterback. I would have much rather had a running back do that same thing, would have been more productive. But now you got a guy in Devin Brown who's not, Super athletic either, but you're doing QB power with the quarterback. If that's something that you're going to see more of with Will Howard okay, cool. But we haven't seen Ryan Day trust his starting quarterback to utilize his legs consistently, which makes me really hesitant to say that Will Howard is a major upgrade or even a somewhat of a better of an upgrade than Kyle McCord. McCord's a better passer. Decision-making was one that kind of got a little worse towards the end of the year. I think McCord's a better passer than Will Howard, which is what Ryan Day wants out of his offense.
1: Jay Stevens locked on Buckeyes, talking all about the expectations for Ohio State, who I'm super high on. He's high on as well. Check him out on YouTube and wherever you listen to your podcasts. Jay, thanks for stopping by the show.
0: No problem. I really enjoyed it. Really hope you guys enjoyed that. We will definitely do more of those crossovers Like going to a different show. I may ask and try to get that audio and video here for your enjoyment on Locked on Buckeyes. This is the time of year, especially leading up to the draft. I might be on some radio shows doing radio hits and might be on different Locked on shows talking about Buckeye football players. If we can get that stuff here for you for your enjoyment, we will definitely do that. Really hope you guys enjoyed today's show. Got a few more shows left this week. Going to try to get Brian Smith back on the show, Lockdown's recruiting analyst, later in the week. He was at a 7-on-7 camp recently, and uh, you definitely know, you know, when he goes to a 7-on-7, not camp competition, a lot of good things will happen. And Brian, I can't wait to hear what he has to say about Javen Boggs, I Commit, and other amazing players that Ohio State is trying to get on the recruiting trail. You can follow me on X at jsteven07. You can also send all of your emails to jstevens 317 at gmail.com. This has been Locked on Buckeyes here on a Tuesday. We will see you next time.